Welcome back to the Yacht Rock Podcast out of the main. We're actually returning to ground that we've hoed before, um, but we're taking another, yet another angle at the Mount Rushmore story. We are, and it might be too early for me to say ahoy polloi, but I have a little piece of uh, trivia on that. Oh, really? Yes. I looked up, because out of my curiosity, we say it over and over again, I'd like to know what I'm saying. So I looked up, what does hoy polloi mean? Oh, I think I know. You do? Do you want to quiz me? Well, or would you rather tell me? Who, who do you want to sound smart, me or you? Well, I already do, so you go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, hoi polloi is an expression that actually, it's one of those uh, expressions, kind of like bourgeoisie, which was invented to make something that's not sophisticated sound sophisticated. And hoi polloi, I think, translates specifically to everyday person. That is correct. Yeah. From the Greek. It's a Greek. Okay. And it means uh, like the, the people or the masses or something like that. That's hoi polloi, mind you. That's hoi polloi. H-O-I-P-O-L-L-O-I? Correct. Ding! Yes. Hoi polloi. But it was many, many, many years later, according to this dictionary thing, that because it was misunderstood by uh, a European English-speaking country, specifically England, that didn't really have familiarity with the Greek, mm-hmm. they believed that it got confused with hoity-toity, Ooh. where there was in, famously that um, Prince Charles was considered too hoi polloi because he played polo. Oh, really? And really, they were trying to make him sound too snooty when actually... So, so at that point, the meaning of the term hoi polloi completely turned on its opposite head to where it is now, where we say hoi polloi. Uh, ahoy polloi. Yes. Which is many, many, many years after that is when... <laughs> but we're calling somebody snobby when we say that, yes. you know, or upper crust, and it actually meant completely the opposite in its origin. Well, I only care about the reference to Caddyshack, where... Okay. Um, then I'll <laughs> delete all that. Oh, yeah, delete all that. Let's just talk and about Caddyshack, you, yeah. which is when <laughs> Danny uh, dressed up in the sailor's outfit... Right, because he wanted to impress Judge Smells, and then Spalding takes Spalding one look at him and says, "Well, hoi polloi." <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're referencing. So bizarre. Yeah. So now I do sound smart after okay. doing that. You may carry on. So Mount Rushmore, uh, we talked about artists, right? So it was basically the frontman or the personalities of the genre. Yeah, yeah and even producers or whatever. It was just. Individual names. Who are yep. your four individual people that you put on your Mount Rushmore? And then we cleared the board and we did, um, you can't repeat, say, two frontmen or two guitarists or two right. producers. We did it that way. And now we're taking it a, a different angle on it, which is the bands of Mount Rushmore. Self-contained bands. We talked about this as being such a, a sideman uh, genre, a solo artist-dominated genre, which got me thinking, well, what if we just ignored all of them and said, let's just take self-contained bands, and can you create a Mount Rushmore out of that? I thought, well, this is going to be hard for me to fill out four that I really believe deserve it. And then as I got into it, I realized how many I came up with, and then I, the problem was culling it down to four. Yeah. Now, so rules of the game. I'm assuming we're not including duos. You should ask me this before we record. It. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I would say that that would be okay. But okay, if you if you haven't done that, it that way, then that's fine. All right, yeah, because I did not include seals and crofts, for example. Yeah, we do not script these episodes. <laughs> no, well, we don't even prepare really. <laughs> not really. Um, I included Captain, but not Tennille. Is that right? No, wait, I'm not doing that. Right. That sounds like a Trojan horse. <laughs> okay, yes. All right, so. Um, Bands of Yacht Rock. Mm-hmm. We each have four because there's four slots on Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I have a few listed here that were uh, the first cut, so they're worthy of discussion, but I had to reduce it to four. Okay. As did you. Yep. Well, the first one I had to cut, by the way, was a band that's not even Yacht Rock, 
but is my favorite of the era. Okay. Um, I think is the most prolific. I was trying to find like prolific bands. Yeah. Right? They had a ton yeah. of catalog in Yacht Rock. And I thought of the Eagles because they just had a pretty big catalog. To me, their early mellower stuff is Yachty, but I couldn't put them on a Yacht Rock Mount Rushmore because it's just right. – they're not Yacht Rock in the traditional sense or in the pure sense, I should say. Yeah. So do you want to kind of go through the ones that uh, sort of missed our list first? Um, uh, well, that's one for me. Why do you have a – I don't, I I don't want to name any here. that are on your list, but – Well, let's go through the main – let's go through the top four. Okay. And then we'll come back to those in case there's duplicates. So okay. I will start with – my first choice, the first one that came to mind, which isn't necessarily because I think it's the most important or the most prominent, but the very first one to come to mind to me was Pablo Cruz. Partly because I had uh, Corey Lirios, the piano keyboard player, on as my flex pick when we did our fantasy football uh, version. Um, I feel they had many essential songs. Um, the, the two that popped to mind are Love Will Find a Way. But it's all- What you gonna do? They had others as well that I yep. think fit. You know, a place in the sun. I go to Rio, worlds away. Plenty others, but they um, are they on your list? They are not on my list. Okay, then I can uh, continue to cover some of the other details I had about them. To me, they. They show the same level of musicianship and attention to detail that these other um, more solo artist uh, projects do, you know, with they, that hire in these hired guns to bring all this. But it, Pablo Cruz, within their band, they had the technical ability, and they showed it in their songs a lot. They had a lot of open solo sections, and they, they were very sophisticated in what they were doing. Produced by, often, Bill Schnee. And Bill mm-hmm. Schnee is one of the uh, the legends in terms of recording quality. His, his he was most known for if capturing the pure best sounds you could, you know. And that I feel that's an essential part of yacht rock. And then when I go to their, uh, you know, if, if we're going to talk about uh, Christopher Cross's Pink Flamingo, yeah. then we got to talk about. Pablo Cruz's logo and their cover art, at least during their heyday, to me, I see that and it instantly just screams yacht rock to me. Well, the band know? logo is like it has a palm tree coming yeah, out of it, doesn't right? it? Correct. It's, yeah. So yeah, sort of can... the sunset kind of colors in in it, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. plus like the like the font styling, it's very like early '80s type of kind of. I don't know how to even describe it, but like trying to be you know um, postmodern or something, mm-hmm. but it still feels kitschy and dated at the same time. I don't know. And unlike some of these other artists, whether we talked about Kenny Loggins or Doobie Brothers that went through changes and maybe not all of their catalog really fits in, Pablo Cruz, for pretty much their entire main era of their sound, stayed pretty true to right within what this was. They didn't evolve into it and then back out of it. They were pretty much it from the beginning. This is what they did. I knew they were going to be on your 
uh, Mount Rushmore because do you remember when you first started getting into Yacht Rock, you sent me a text and said, yeah. what do you consider to be the the ultimate Yacht Rock band? And right. it was for you. It was Pablo Cruz. Right. It was just for all the reasons you just said. If you remember how I responded, you're going to know who my fourth Mount Rushmore is. So don't give it away. I won't. I don't remember how you responded. But I do say that my uh, my thought processes on what is Yacht Rock has evolved some over time. Yeah. And I would not say that they are the center of the Yacht Rock universe, but in terms of bands, they immediately were the first one to jump to mind. One of my preliminary responses to that text was, I wish there was more by player. And player Mm -hmm. was one of my cuts because I just don't feel like, to me, the sound is perfect. Some of the songs are perfect. They just don't have enough of a catalog for me to say that they they belong on Mount Rushmore. I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, I'll give you my first Mount Rushmore. Okay. Um, I think this is obvious. I'd be surprised if they're not on your list, but I guess I wouldn't be shocked. Um, And I had to go Doobie Brothers. Okay. So, and yes, they are on my list. Okay. I mean, we, in another episode, we talk about, you know, the only song to score 100 on the Yatsky scale was What a Fool Believes, minute by minute. Obviously, taking it to the streets. Obviously, I mean, there's all kinds of songs that you could go on and on. The fact that it's got Michael McDonald singing for most of the catalog, at least the Yacht Rock catalog. Right. I mean, he's on all Mount Rushmore's. I just feel like so much of this sound is, goes back to, and you even indicated this, that maybe the center of the universe is that quote-unquote Doobie Bounce, which has the blue-eyed soul kind of feel and that mm-hmm. type of rhythm. So to me, Doobie Brothers had to be on the Mount Rushmore of Yacht Rock bands. Yeah, they had a four-album run of uh, what I would consider pure Yacht Rock. Um, the, the four albums that... Where Michael McDonald, you mentioned taking it to the streets, and that had It Keeps You Running, mm-hmm. Losing End on there. Living on the Fault Line, even though that was probably the least popular of these four, still had Echoes of Love, You Belong to Me, Nothing But a Heartache, You're Made mm-hmm. That Way, all pure yacht rock tunes. Minute by Minute, you know, had What a Fool Believes, which is the, the perfect song according to the yacht rock guys. Um, that one, here, check this out from 1978, Minute by Minute. On the chart for 87 weeks. What? Five weeks at number one. And for the uh, Grammys that year, it won four and was nominated for a fifth. I mean, that that album is huge. Wow. And then even as the band was supposedly running out of gas, their last album together, One Step Closer, still had Real Love. Dedicate this heart. Again, still pure yacht rock staples to me. And know? then beyond that, when you get into Michael McDonald's solo stuff, if you're just not paying attention and it's on in the background, then you would be forgiven for thinking, like, I keep forgetting was Doobie Brothers. Yeah, it really has the same sound. Same uh, producer. I, well, maybe not. I'm not sure Ted Templeman continued on with him. 
Um, but you know, you know me, I go back into the earlier stuff and say, well, I get where some of this stuff moves into maybe too much of the, uh, the strum rock stuff, but there's still some things prior to the Michael McDonald era. Um, another park, another Sunday. Mm-hmm. Song to see you through. South City Midnight Lady. South City Midnight Lady for sure. Yeah. So um, that's quite a catalog of stuff. And again, I'm also adding. I got to try by Michael McDonald. Believe in it again, not because it's Doobie Brothers, just because it's kind of all. It's that an extension stuff. of what he was doing, certainly with them. Yep. So okay, well, I wasn't surprised that we had that match. No. Um, do you want me to go next? Yes. Or, you might as well go next. You sure? What if I steal another one of yours? I'm going to let you go. Because okay. I stole one of yours. All right. Well, I'm going to go with this one. I'm very conflicted about this pick. Um, and I'll, I'll have to sort of get into why and uh, get your, it's your opinion on That's probably the one that I'm thinking you of, know. too. Toto. That's the one. <laughs> there is, well, here's my reason for the conflict, specifically. Is I've said it before. I don't find a ton of their stuff truly yacht. To me, it's more AOR rock, mm-hmm. right? But am I allowing what they all did individually as sidemen for other people's projects tilt me into saying, well, then they have to be on there as the group Toto? And I guess the answer yep. to that is yes, I am. That's what conclusion but I came to. They still did some things that... We talk about the markers of what makes stuff sound yacht, and they still provided some of those. Even as I said, I don't think all of their stuff or a lot of their stuff really sounds yacht, but they were one of the standard bearers of this super well-recorded sound. You know, a lot of detail, a lot of nuance, a lot of different instrumentation, but all recorded so beautifully. Mm-hmm. You know, they were big on that. And much of the yacht rock sound is still measured against how they sounded. Right. Even if... I don't think Hold the Line is a Yacht Rock song. Definitely not. Uh, I went back and forth like three times on Toto. And the the final decision was, if I'm building a Mount Rushmore of Yacht Rock, how do I not include Jeff Beccaro, Steve Lukather, like the people who invented the sound? Like they had to be in it, right? So then I said, okay, well, let me judge their specific catalog against Yacht Rock in... Not my favorite song, but Georgie Porgy feels right. yacht rock to me. For sure. Very oh, yeah. Um, Africa to me is not, but I see no. why people think it is. Same to Rosanna for me. Rosanna is considered yeah. an essential by people. I, you know, so they had a few. Okay. They had enough to say, well, they are at times a yacht rock band, but just it is. To me, it's that huge catalog, which has got to be hundreds of songs now. Do you have any idea how many it is that they, some version of those guys playing together? Oh, I mean, my gosh. It's so oh, many. No idea. Oh, it's but, you Steely know, Dan to Michael Jackson. It's like. But when they played together as a unit, because a lot of times they would have maybe three of the guys, two of the guys mm-hmm. on these other sessions, but not 
the band as it as its whole. When they played together, man, there was something that just magical that happened. You know, yeah. we um, was watching this uh, video about the engineer that uh, recorded Total Four. And talking about how he's getting sounds set up and they're just kind of hashing through Rosanna. And um, I saw where David Page and Steve Lukather were talking that they never, ever came into the studio with songs pre-figured out. They didn't even rehearse outside of the studio. They never got together and said, well, let's work up some songs for the next album. It was they would get into the studio and look at each other and, hey, what do you got? What do you, well, I've got this little riff going here that goes like this. And they'll start playing along with it and everybody will start feeding in their parts. And meanwhile, the guy, this uh, Al Schmidt, is kind of getting sounds in the control room. And they're finally, they've jammed uh, together on this song enough that they feel it's ready to go. And they want to know, well, is Al Schmidt ready to record us? And he's like, yeah, I actually recorded that last uh, jam <laughs> you guys are doing. Come back and listen. They go in, they listen to it. They love the way it sounds. And they go back into the studio and they cut Rosanna. Boom. First take. They, well, they call it second take. Yeah. But it really was the first take. And Lukather and Page both, to, to a man, say that we catch it in the first two takes. Anything beyond that is diminishing returns. You know, so they were so good together. Yeah. And what we get out of that is we get to hear these guys making music as close to the infancy of the idea as you can get. This hasn't been exhaustively debated and gone over and worked and reworked. It's just here is our idea. Let's capture it as real as we can. And that's (laughs) what's so cool. And it would be so expensive for any other band to try that. So total four. Total four. Yeah. They're pinnacle recording, you know. And um, we talked about the Grammys of Minute by Minute, uh, 1980, total won six Grammys for that album. It's pretty good. So, um, yeah, it's... I'm actually surprised it's that high, because I didn't feel like, even though they had huge hits with Rosanna, you know, and Africa, I didn't feel like they got enough, like, due as a band. Yeah, they did that year, They must have critically gotten acclaimed. But they won, um, they... They technically produced the record. They're listed as producers. I know they won Producer of the Year. I know they won Song of the Year. Um, whether that was Roseanne or Africa, I don't recall. And I also know they re- they won Record of the Year. So Song of the Year is to the songwriter. Record of the Year is to the sound recording. So they can be two different things. They won Album of the Year um, yeah. as well as two others. But they So they won for recording achievement as well as for musical achievement. What were the – there were some interchangeable parts in total because certain people came and went. So for total yes. four, what did that lineup look like at lead singer and at bass and at keys? Do you remember? Well, the um, – obviously drums would be Jeff Percaro, yep. Steve Luther on guitar. Yep. The, that album, I believe, still had David Hungate, who was their original bass player. Okay. He was significantly older than those guys. Um, he was closer to them, and eventually he got replaced by Mike Percaro, who yep. was the youngest of the Percaro brothers. Uh, Keys still would have been David Page doing the piano organy kind of stuff, and Steve Percaro doing all the synthy kind of stuff. Yeah. And Bobby Kimball was on uh, the, the lead, the, lead the higher lead vocalist. I mean, they all kind of sang lead, but uh, I believe that was his last album with the band um, for a while. I'd have to look. Then he that comes back. back. He does come back later on. Yeah. 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 Um, but there's a long period of the band where they have Joseph Williams singing lead, and uh, so. It, a lot of, you know, within the, the Toto uh, aficionados debate over whether they prefer the Bobby Kimball era or the um, Joseph Williams era. To me, they have enough different sounds. So if I'm looking at, you know, some hits, Rosanna, Georgie Porgy, Hold the Line, and Africa, mm-hmm. then Make Believe. Those are, to me, five different sounding songs. I, to me, I don't care as much that the lead singer 
Like, I don't have a preference for one or the other because yeah, they already we, sound different enough anyway. Some of that's Kimball, some of it's Paige, and some of that's Lukather. Yeah. So. And Leeds. Cool. Well, I'm glad we both decided Toto because I would, you know, I'd look back at it and say, how did I not put Toto on Mount Rushmore? Well, I know because yeah, I was fearing the social media backlash. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I live my life now, just in general. We all do, don't right. we? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, well, I'm going to go next then because you got to yeah. take Toto. Yep. I have, I think this is a band. Um, it sort of is a band. Conceptually <laughs> is a band. I I'm think trying to convince we might uh, you be duplicating it's a band. Um, the band changed over the years. So I'm just, I, this is another one where like, I don't know how you leave this quote unquote band off. And that is Steely Dan. On yours? Yes. Yeah. Did you debate it at all because of the evolution of the no. makeup? Okay. No, no. Um, but it is kind of Toto in the sense that I, I don't always hear Yacht Rock in their music, though I know that they are the sort of the seed that was planted in a lot of ways that made everything Yacht Rocky grow, mm-hmm. you know? Right. What kind of songs do you uh, You have any song references specifically you want to hit? Um, well, I have songs to your point. For example, Hey 19 for sure is yacht to me, I just feel. So hit that. Way back when in 67. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Then you move back in time earlier I think it's back in time but when they were more of the traditional five piece I love this song but there's to me and it's on my Yacht Rock playlist but there's nothing that I would now consider Yachty about Dirty Work yeah I have I can go either way on that one. Uh, I that love was, it, but yeah, whether it's yacht. It's a different sound. It's sung by Walter Becker, which he, I don't think he hardly ever sang the lead. I yeah. thought that was sung by the drummer at the time. Who might have to re- uh, Well, why do you look it up? flag on that. Yeah, and then either throw a flag on me or throw a flag on you. Right. We have a flag on the play. Our real-time fact-checkers have declared this claim to be lacking accuracy or dubious at best. Drummer David Palmer sang lead on Steely Dan's Dirty Work. Five-yard penalty, still first down. But they have such a huge catalog, too, so that could conceivably be considered yacht that I was like, oh, my God, it goes on and on. That was one of my notes that I had that from Can't Buy a Thrill, so 1972, all the way up to Gaucho, to me, nearly every song other than maybe three or four that I can name, nearly every single song would apply equally to if you consider Steely Dan to be Yacht Rock then all of that is yeah. to me 
I have 17 songs, from, and I don't have all the ones I want to have in there mm-hmm. in my Yacht Rock playlist because I was afraid it's just going to sound like a yeah, Steely, Steely Dan and Friends. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but like Peg, we've talked about. I think Peg is one of the highest yacht, on the Yatsky sale. It was scale. one of them that had a 100 rating, yeah. That yeah. one and Josie had uh, And Josie's my favorite. Yep. Night by Night was a, ba- a song that I discovered by listening to the Jam On station on Sirius, of all things. So it's wow. not really Yachty. It's more of a jammy type band. That's the one that has uh, Skunk Baxter from Doobie Brothers playing guitar on it. Yeah, to me, the, the essential one in terms of sound is Babylon Sisters. Yeah. I mean, black cow. <laughs> but there's elements of the center of the universe when you got Jay Grady yeah. and you've got some of the players that we talk about all the time all playing together, some of the Toto guys, right? So to me, it's like this has to be, even though I don't think of Steely Dan in the aggregate as Yachty, there's enough That's elements of it here and same there. Same with me. Yeah. I had a couple of notes when one was about that, that they, like Toto, they sort of set the standard for musicianship. Yep. Harmonic depth, songwriting, recording quality, just general overall quality and attention to detail in every part. Every note seemed yeah. to matter. You know, they set a standard for that. And they also established this practice of bringing in these hired guns to bring mm-hmm. specific textures. And in most cases, it was jazzy R&B guys to add to their rock sound. Plus the incorporation, like we talked earlier, the incorporation of jazz elements, rock elements, and maybe even a a little bit of soul elements all together. To me, that's the sound of Yacht Rock. Yeah. No one does it better than they do. And do we not still agree that Asia maybe is the number one album of this genre? You're, At least yeah. we've debated whether it is. Yeah. It's in the conversation. As a whole, I don't know how you as find one as a whole. You right. might find songs that appear on other albums that you would say are more yachty, but as a whole, right. could be the And definitive. to me, when somebody says, comes to you completely with a blank look on their face, well, what is Yacht Rock? I think one of the first things you point to is Steely Dan. Yeah. Don't you? Yo, I would, yeah. Well, if, you, if, if you had to rope it into the least amount of words, you know, five words or less, yeah. what is it? You know, I, I would need six words because I would say Kenny Loggins, Michael McDonald, Steely, Dan. I would need the sixth word. So you wouldn't, hey, you wouldn't have an and in there? No, because then I That'd can't be have seven, seven words. words. Yeah. That'd hmm. be ridiculous. Oh, All let's right. not forget. Who got their uh, humble beginnings in Steely Dan as a humble backup vocalist? Michael McDonald. There you go. How and, can it not be on there? And how old was Jeff Picaro when he was playing on? Uh, I think I heard that he was his, he was still in high school, so seventeen, 17 or eighteen. 18 yeah. yeah, on Katie exactly. Line. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, so yeah, so we got two of the three are matches so far. Um, my fourth, I doubt, is a match. But what's it can't be because all four of mine have been mentioned. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's clear the brush of maybe some bands that we considered. Well, who's your fourth? I'm going to get to that. Oh, I'm leading up to that. I see. The grand finale. Wow. You should remember anyway because I, I wrote you in a text. I'm on long pins ago. and needles. Um, <laughs> I just find it funny that um, if you would have told me 30 years ago that one of your favorite bands. From 30 years from now is going to be Little River Band. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I said, what are you talking about? Who's Little River Band? The funny story about them 
is I told you is that I was at Disney, downtown Disney, which is now Disney Springs, and they were they had this big amphitheater and they had a little sign up that says, you know, starting at eight o'clock, Little River Band. And hmm. it was like seven thirty and we had young kids that were starting to get antsy and it's kind of getting to bedtime. I'm like, geez, I'd like it's a free concert. I wouldn't mind staying. Wait, your bedtime is seven thirty? Well, by the time you get on the shuttle and get back to the oh, hotel. It might be eight o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Jeez. Bedtime for the kids, I should oh. say. So we debated and my wife says, well, who's Little River Band? I'm like, oh, you know them. They were, and I said what I said. I'm so embarrassed. They were a one-hit wonder from the 70s. <laughs> Here's what's even worse. Yeah. She said, well, what's their hit? And I said, I think it's um, Drift Away. You know, Jimmy <laughs> the Beat. And that's Dobie. So I didn't even Dobie have the Gray. band right. Yeah. yeah. So now here we are 10 years later, and I'm discovering songs like, well, first of all, like Reminiscing was one of the first songs yeah. that I listened to. Lady. So Lady. And then later on, Lonesome Loser. Um, I brought it before. It's a long way there. So I have so many songs that I love. Little River cool Band. change is cool essential. Change, yeah. But they got cut in favor of this other band. The other band, and I'll ask you. You have any cuts you want to mention? Is I couldn't. They're not Yachty, but they a lot of their catalog shows up in these yacht rock mixes. Is America. Mm-hmm. Big catalog, not of it particularly yachty. I see why some gets in, but I considered them and cut them pretty quickly. I think that's what's happened to me. I don't know if I have any left in there. I had probably a handful, and they just ended up all getting cut. What about duos? You didn't have any duos because we talked about those, like Loggins of Messina, Seals of Croft. On, on my cut list here? Yeah. No, I don't. Um, I do have some others, and I don't want to unintentionally land on your big uh, ta-da moment, but I could mention who my cuts are. My ta-da moment is not a duet. So well, neither, is, neither are these. Oh. Well, then I better give you my fourth. Yeah, let's do that. Very small Yacht Rock catalog. I think I know where this is going, so this is why I didn't want to do yeah, it. Okay, and it's not the center of what I think is Yacht Rock, because there's no, like, real jazz influences, but this artist has three songs, and I'm going to add a fourth. That Whenever I hear one, my whole body melts. Yep, The blood pressure goes down. I'm like, this is what being on a yacht's all about. Let me rattle them off here. Biggest part of me. How much I feel. You're the only woman. Ambrosia. And they're so good. Yeah. The only way they didn't make my list was because of the small catalog. Yeah. I, I had others that were bigger, but it was on my initial jotting down of who came to mind. And then I unearthed a uh, hidden treasure or a buried treasure in an earlier episode, the song Holding On to Yesterday yeah. that they did with Alan Parsons. That's right. a great tune. Oh, man, the jamming at the end is just phenomenal. So I had to include Ambrosia, and that was the response in the text when you said, what's the perfect yacht rock band? I said Ambrosia. Mm. Well, I had them on my cut list, and I had those three songs listed. I did not have Holding On to Yesterday. Uh, listed, um, and that's partly because it's not that I don't include that song, but the reason that Ambrose is not on my list or doesn't have a larger catalog is because for the most part, the rest of it drifts towards progressive rock and mm-hmm. in some ways psychedelic stuff, and um, so that that moves them out for me. But those three songs are yeah. pure essential yacht rock. No and question. I've gone searching the catalog to find more of it, and. I haven't found anything other than holding on to yesterday. There's some good stuff, but it's yeah. not Yachty. Yeah. <clears throat> not Yachty. So, yep. So one of my other cuts, um, 
was Firefall. You know, they go, they drift in and out of being my yep. favorite band. When I'm in the right mood, they are the best. I can listen to their top, their first, what, five or six records, every song. Um, yeah. Boy, it just, it does drift towards the strum rock, the West Coast AOR. But, you know, these, if we're going to mention songs that are essential, mm-hmm. You Are the Woman, mm-hmm. Just Remember I Love You, Yep, Strange Way, and it goes on from there for me. I can listen to any of their stuff. But well, they, let me add another one that's, um, recently got onto my list is always. Oh yeah, Sanborn makes that one yachty. Yeah, I mean it's super <laughs> yachty and super groovy. I love that song. Yeah, that's from a little bit later in their catalog. Uh, I did have Little River Band as a cut, mm-hmm. and my other cut was Pages. Yeah, I considered them for a while. Probably too below the radar to make a, a Mount Rushmore, but you know they had a couple staples: Neat Yacht, You Need a Hero, and then Who's Right, Who's Wrong. If if Yacht Rock has anything <clears throat> in it that could be considered a standard in terms of songwriting, mm-hmm. Who's Right, Who's Wrong is that standard. Yeah. And I agree. The only reason I didn't consider them longer is because of the being below the radar. Yep. I didn't even know who they were until two years ago. So Same. I, yeah. I didn't either. And, and I was a big fan of Mr. Mister, and I had no idea that Richard Page was in a band before that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we've got our Mount Rushmore. We'd like to hear yours. Um, I think we're ready for the lightning round, if you are. Yes. I have a, uh appropriate... Topic appropriate? Topic appropriate lightning round. All right. Go for it. Are we going to take a break? Let's take a quick break. Okay, we're back. Okay. The breaks keep getting quicker. <laughs> By the way, sponsors, that's your cue. That's right where you would fit Yeah, in, you can right? jump in there at any time. <laughs> All right, so you're going to go first. I guess I'll go first with Yacht or not. Yeah. Okay, so Toto, mm. again, I, I, I'm not always sure whether their stuff is Yachty or not, but I'm going to present you with the song, and it's from Toto 4. Okay. I Won't Hold You Back. Yes, so I um, now that you play it, I know the song. But to me, that doesn't feel yachty at all. To me, it feels too much like, even though it's on Total Four, he said, mm-hmm. which is the pinnacle album for the band. I don't, it feels like '80s ballad to me. So I'm going yacht on that one. Yeah, I think it moves towards the arena ballad thing. And so if you're if you're not big into these bombastic uh, arena ballads such as Air Supply or Chicago's, you know, like You're the Inspiration or whatever, then this doesn't belong either. Yep. This does not – love the song though, man. Yep. What you got? Um, I So I got a song that I rediscovered on Yacht Rock Miami. Um, and, you know, the phone was in the other room. I'm hearing the song. I'm like, yes, buried treasure. So beautiful. I run over to the phone to see who it is, and it's like, huh? Smokey Robinson. Mm. But what do you think of this song, which is Smokey Robinson, which I would have never thought, and it's called Being With You. I don't care what they think about me. 
to me, I would have to, I would have to put it in my list and see how it plays. <clears throat> yeah. But to me, it's right there. I think the only thing that, from a psychological standpoint, that trips it for me, kind of like we mentioned John Anderson on a previous episode, is that Smokey Robinson immediately takes me to another place, and yeah. that's my fault, not his. You right. Know? But uh, I would have, I'd have to put thing. it in and see what happens. But what was interesting is in, if you experience it in the reverse order, which is, oh yeah, this old yacht rock song, who does this? Smokey Robinson. Yeah. Then it was. Then that's why it fits for me. I get so, it. Yeah. But for if sure. somebody would have said, "Hey, put a Smokey Robinson song in your yacht rock playlist," I would have said, "No, ahoy, polloi." <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We're not done. We're not done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't don't cut me that's off. Yeah. False ending. Okay. Um. All right. So what do you got for? Uh, or should I go buried treasure? You go buried treasure. Right. Buried treasure is a song that I brought up to you just recently in person, but um, because I'm gonna wait. No, I'm I'm gonna change it at the last minute. This is a song that we've talked about a lot. So you it's not Omaha. Buried... You're supposed to yell Omaha when you call an audible, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Omaha. <laughs> okay. There's my audible. So this is, we talked about this song multiple times on the podcast, specifically when we interviewed Yacht Rock Miami. But it's exemplary of the whole concept behind Buried Treasures, which is why aren't they playing this song more? Mm-hmm. And it's by an artist that maybe isn't Yachty, so maybe that's why. But one of the best hidden gems, buried treasures of the Yacht Rock era is Suspicions by Eddie Rabbit. I'm so glad that I met you, baby. And I'm so proud when we walk down the street. And I know it's crazy to worry like I do. But I get this feeling that I'm losing you. I get the One of my favorites. Oh, I love it so much. I actually um, played this record the other day, and I noticed that they have personnel listed mm-hmm. for the entire record, and then it has other uh, for this song. So this song has decidedly different personnel on it, and David Hungate is on bass, and okay. I forget who, but they were like all yacht guys oh. for just this one song on the album. So hired guns to, again, they achieved the sound. They did. Yeah. yeah, and we talked about artists in the past that like must have heard the sound, and they're like, oh, let me try some of that. And yeah, and you knew enough example. to hire the guys to do it. Mm-hmm. But that one, ooh, it's so good. What do you got for Buried Treasure? Well, my Buried Treasure is also appropriate because it comes from one of my Mount Rushmore's. Now, it's, again, hard to call this a Buried Treasure because it did go to number 13. You know, mm-hmm. it's pretty high in 1981, but it was... Doesn't the, mean it hasn't been buried, though, because... It's been buried, I think, since then, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the band's last top 40 hit, and the band is Pablo Cruz, mm-hmm. and the song is called Cool Love. Thoughts? Oh, it's a great tune. I just heard it the other day. I can't remember. Maybe it's already on my list. I think it is. Maybe. Yeah. That's a good tune. That was got up to 13. Yeah, and I don't even remember that in 1981. You know, I would have been a big, you know, radio listener. But I remember age. the song as a hit, kind of. I just don't. Yeah, I but keep, not that high. No, not that high. Yeah. No. 
All right. Cool. So we're into Off the Map. Off the Map. So this is not a Yacht Rock song, but it will fit nicely into the stream. Yes, and this was posted on our uh, Facebook page at some point, and I, I regret that I can't remember who posted it, but uh, it was a response to our episode about what's happening now. Mm-hmm. And people posted a few different uh, things that we had missed. Um, and this is one that I've never heard of. It's from 2018, but it sounds like it's intentionally trying to sound like 1980. So we talk about some new stuff tries to sound new and some new stuff is specifically recording like back in the day. And this one is definitely doing that. This is Henrik Hansen, perhaps a Swede, I guess. I don't Mm -hmm. know. And the song's called Right From Wrong. know if i should put that in my yacht rock playlist or my other playlist that's new sounding songs that i just like what should i do both okay or i could wait until you put it into the uh yacht rock podcast debrief playlist that's a good call because that's been one of my favorite playlists lately that's a good call yours is a good call yeah we'll have to remind people to uh if they're looking for deep cuts or to find any of these and reminder that 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 uh playlist is updated on the release of each episode and is available. Where do you put it? In the show notes? I link to it in the show notes. Okay. Yep. And all of this stuff is also available at yachtrockpodcast.com. All right. So for last but not least, I have, you know, I'm going back to the original Yacht Rock era, but, you know, the band is Chicago, so they kind of come in and out of people's consideration as mm-hmm. Yacht Rock. Mm-hmm. This is a song that isn't yachty so much, but it opens with the sound effect that sounds like you're at the beach. Oh, yeah. Yep. And the song is Wishing You Were Here. Sleepless hours and fearless nights and Yeah, that sits nice in a yacht rock list. Whether you consider it yacht or not, which is the point of off the map, it fits. Yeah, that's why it I, feels I had good. to be in there somewhere. That's why I put it in off the map. But interesting story about that song. So you said that the background vocals are? I know Carl Wilson and uh, possibly Bruce Johnson. I know it's Beach Boys. It's the Beach Boys yeah. who were recording at the Caribou Ranch, which is the studio that the song was being recorded at. Ah, it was that. Al Jardine, Carl Wilson, and Dennis Wilson. Oh, okay. They came right. in. I knew in, Carl was in. Yep. And they came in and did backing vocals. They hit it off so much that they ended up touring together the following year. So imagine Chicago touring with um, the Beach Boys. Interesting. Yeah, wow. Um, and then... I'd go see that. 
interesting. So they put the music down, and Peter Cetera comes in to sing lead, and he can't sing that low. So mm. that's what they decided. Is it well, Pankow or that sings it or Lee Lounin? It's Terry Kath. Singing the, the verses on it? Yep. I got to hear it. Peter oh, Cetera wow. ends up singing the bridge where it changes. Yeah, right. Right. And so they swapped, and for whatever reason, Peter Cetera, who played bass t- yes. typically, decided to switch instruments with Terry Kath. Yeah. And he played bass on that song, and Peter Cetera played guitar. For some reason, I thought they did that on If You Leave Me Now also. Maybe they uh, did. Yeah. Interesting. Unless so maybe they decided, hey, it worked once. Yeah. So I thought there was, I, you know, I'm consulting the Wikipedia page, which maybe I'll link to in the show notes, because it's a whole interesting story about that song, I thought. So. Wow. Very cool. Anyways. Uh, all right. Are we through the lightning round? I think that's it. So at the beginning of this podcast, you talked about a story. What was the story about again? About the meaning of the word hoi polloi or ahoy polloi. Ahoy polloi.